It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let's do something a little different this time, okay? Watching movies for a while, I need a little bit of break. Hey, let's have somebody else do an intro for this episode. Hello, everyone. You know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. Nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. everybody and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast and this episode uh doing something a little different and hey i kind of feel like it's a cop-out but at the same time uh i haven't really talked about these guys um as you can see from the title the mystery is well we're gonna talk about the treehouse of horror from the simpsons and instead i know it's not really a cop-out it's just I don't know. It's not what I normally do. Normally take a movie, watch the whole movie, go through everything. But I tried to keep somewhat uh, of a normalcy, I guess we'll say, uh, to this episode. So there's still going to be clips. Uh, There's just going to be clips from my favorite and least favorite segments of the Treehouse of Horror. So think of it as, oh, well... It's a countdown episode. I'm doing a fucking list, okay? The first list I've ever done on this show before. So I thought it would be cool to go in and talk about the Treehouse of Horror and kind of what it meant to me, uh, and then talk about the episodes that, well, not the, the full episodes. I mean, there's been, what, 28 episodes of the Treehouse of Horror? 27? Somewhere around there? Um... <laughs> I'm, it's probably 28 because I know there's probably people who are like, there was just one a couple weeks ago, uh, which is true. And I actually have not seen that episode yet. Um, and really, I mean, with a lot of people, especially people around my age, The Simpsons were fucking huge for its time. Uh, you couldn't go anywhere with seeing some type of Simpsons memorabilia, shirts, people making quotes. Fuck, I know I sometimes to to this day uh am still a person that uh will quote the you know first i don't know somewhere around 14 maybe 15 seasons uh i used to be the guy that could finish the quotes before anybody i could say it at any time i watched the simpsons every goddamn day and when i mean every goddamn day i mean i've been watching the syndicated ones for the longest amount of time as i was growing up and you have to imagine uh, that for me, being as young as I am, uh, there must have been a time... No, no. Uh, the Simpsons went into syndication, I want to say, somewhere around season four. Uh, at least that's where I remember kind of picking it up. And so, 
I got to always see the best of the best every single day. Uh, and it probably could have been a little later than that, or maybe it could have been a little earlier than that. I'm not sure exactly, but to me, I felt like that was around the time. And it was always after my main cartoon watching stuff that we had, uh, you know, the Disney Afternoons or the Gargoyles or Pinky and the Brain, Animaniacs, those type of shows that I spent a lot of time uh, doing homework in front of as I was a kid. Uh Got all my shit done. I could watch where the fuck I wanted. Uh, And those were my... I don't want to say they're guilty pleasures, but those were my pleasures as a kid. And then, of course, what would happen... You know, you play a little bit of video games for a bit. And then around 6 o'clock, that's when The Simpsons would come on. And sometimes it would be 6 o'clock and 6.30. And I would just watch it religiously. Uh, And I kept that up until about... Season 26, I was maybe not watching it all the time, like sitting there in front of the TV. I know when it's going to be on, on a syndicated time. And now, you know, FXX here in the U.S., they're the ones that have the Simpsons World thing. And I'm kind of glad that they do because it helped me actually get a lot of the clips for this. Though I was having some problems with the audio, so you might hear jumps every once in a while. I tried so hard to get everything to do it just right because honestly with a lot of these clips I love these episodes or these little segments or stories or parodies or whatever you want to call them and the Treehouse of Horror episodes were always the big ones that I totally remember waiting for and even if I didn't see the season right away because I can't say that every single Sunday I'm there in front of the TV, even with the last couple seasons, but I would always catch up on my DVR, but the Treehouse of Horror one, I would always watch, and that was always my treat, Uh, and one of my big traditions during the Halloween time, the biggest one is always try to watch something classic, right, go watch uh, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, something like that, the second thing is, delve into some of the Treehouse of Horror, so, I thought, well, you know, My opinions really don't mean shit, but I still want to talk to everybody about my favorite 15 Treehouse of Horror stories and my least favorite Treehouse of Horror stories. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start with the worst because I'd rather burn than build. Uh, And we will start from the least at number 15 and then go up to number 1 and then we'll switch it around and we'll go back to the good starting at 15 and go up Uh, and i'll try to go through it like i'm reviewing a movie but the clips uh they're going to be just parts of the episode and they're basically just going to give you a feel in terms of like the worst ones it's maybe some of the better parts of it or some of the parts that really kind of made me upset or it's just something to give you a flavor of what the episode was like now, before you start going all pitchforky with me, yeah, the list is going to be skewed. Um, not just because it's my opinion, but honestly, the biggest problem with the Treehouse of Horror episodes, as with The Simpsons, uh, is that the writing just isn't what it used to be. And you can't expect a show that has almost 30 fucking seasons to be the cream of the crop uh, as it goes on. 
people leave. So many great people were a part of the writing staff. Just watching some of these episodes over again, seeing Brad Bird's name in there, seeing Conan O'Brien show up as part of the writing team, it's absolutely nuts. And they're so good. And that was like, I guess because it was so fresh at that time, and now it's just a little stale. And there still is a good episode in there every now and then, but it's not what a lot of us that were diehard Simpsons fans and still are. I mean, like I say, I I can still go through the old episodes and I can say the lines, uh, most of them before the character does, or I know where it's, you know, (laughs) say I know where it's going, but, uh, I'm such a fucking junkie but i'm not like the guy that has tons of simpsons shit all over his house and fucking tried to buy that place out in vegas that one time no 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 i'm not that much of a simpsons nerd but i absolutely love the series it's near and dear to my heart and i still enjoy at times going to my dvr seeing the episodes that are on there and catching some of the newer episodes that are out there maybe picking and choosing not necessarily doing a marathon Uh, but I still really love the show. I love the characters. I love the voice actors, and I'm always going to be a fan of The Simpsons no matter what. So without further ado, let's start talking about the 15 worst segments of the Treehouse of Horror. Now, again, I'm not going to do the full episode. Like, I'm not going to... Let's talk about Treehouse of Horror 2. No, we're only going to talk about the stories that are contained within the episode. So, at times, there are going to be multiple stories from multiple episodes. Maybe they end up both in my favorites or all three in my favorites. And sometimes they're going to end up all three in my least favorite. But we'll try to keep this uh, on track best we can. Uh, And uh, I hope you enjoy my little countdown. So, the first... One we're going to start off with is number 15, and that is Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesore from the Treehouse of Horror 6. Now, this one, it's at the bottom of the list because it kind of teeters on being an okay episode to being uh, a terrible episode. It, this one starts off with Homer trying to go and get donuts uh, from a lard lad, and he thinks that he's going to get a colossal donut being the size of the donut that the lard lad outside is holding, but it turns out it's just a regular fucking donut. And, you know, I'd be pretty fucking pissed too if I was expecting something fucking huge and all I got was this dinky little piece of shit. Uh, So he (laughs) gets a plan to go and steal the giant donut from outside of lard land. After Homer does this, there's some sort of like electrical storm that brings to life lard lad and the other advertisements that are everywhere uh back at the home there's the joke of where did you get that donut and he's homer sitting in it uh and then we have the town being terrorized by all the advertisements eventually lisa she goes out and she tries to find a solution because she notices at one point in one of the funnier moments of the episode where Marge uh, asks him to give back the donut to Lard Lad because she thinks it's going to stop everything. And then when it doesn't, he starts destroying the neighborhood and he punts the dog. Uh, Homer asks Marge, uh, are you tired of always being wrong? And she goes, sometimes. Like, that's one of the funnier moments of the, the whole episode. But eventually, Lisa sees in the footprint from the Lard Lad that there's an advertising agency there in Springfield that created everything. And of course... 
the ad agent's response to it is, oh, well, if you just don't pay attention to them, they'll go away. And that's when uh, they come up with a jingle, which, of course, is going to sound better when Paul Anka sings it. Hey, Springfield! Are you suffering from the heartbreak of Monsteritis? Then take a tip from Mr. Paul Anka! To stop those monsters, one, two, three, here's a fresh new way that's trouble-free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look, just don't look. Just don't look, just don't look. Just don't look, just don't look. It worked! They're all dead! Well, except for Chubsy Ubsy over there. Homer, stop looking! Don't make us poke your eyes out, Dad! And that's when all the ads finally are destroyed. And, like I said, it's just kind of a mediocre episode to me. Uh, There's a couple funny things. You know, like I said, the Marge quote is probably the funniest thing in the whole damn thing. And then the part where Bart is on the devil ad, and he's basically being the devil on both shoulders. So, uh, it's like, that's funny it doesn't necessarily hold up as much uh, as it did when i was a kid but it's still one of the you know on one of the classic episodes of the treehouse of horror next up for number 14 we have the thing and i now this is the episode where bart finds out that he has a twin brother uh i just kind of found this episode like lazy i mean basically bart and lisa they hear something in the attic and they decide to go up and check And it turns out that there's something up there, which is Bart's long-lost twin. And there's a little talk in the middle episode uh, of how Dr. Habert thought that the twin brother, Hugo, uh, was, you know, evil. A routine soul smear confirmed the presence of pure evil. It was then I knew the only option was to separate you two immediately. You'll both need to sign these. But what to do with poor Hugo? Too crazy for boys town. Too much of a boy for crazy town. The child was an outcast. So we did the only humane thing. We chained Hugo up in the attic like an animal and fed him a bucket of fish heads once a week. It saved our marriage. You expect me to believe all this? If any of it was true, wouldn't I have a big hideous scar? We've got to find Hugo. We'll search out every place a sick, twisted, solitary misfit might run to. So, of course, they all, like, run out of the house trying to find Hugo, and it turns out that Hugo is actually inside of the house, and he's figured out a way to basically sew Bart and him back together, because he managed to sew together a rat and a pigeon. Uh, Ultimately, Hibbert stops Hugo from completing the task, and then realizes, of course, to no one's surprise, that Bart was really the evil twin, and Hugo was actually the good kid, so they switch. It's just kind of, again, it's like a mediocre episode. It's not terrible. It gets a couple laughs here and there, like the Radio Shack comment at the end of that one. Uh, But in general, it's just not that interesting or entertaining. 
Uh, kind of like the next one on the list, number 13, it's the Grand Pumpkin Millhouse. Now, this is from Treehouse of Horror 19, a more recent one. And this one takes It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and totally, like, adapts it to Millhouse and, of course, makes the pumpkin an evil pumpkin that goes off on killing people. Well, it's mainly because Millhouse fucked up. Grand Pumpkin, I know you're real. Why won't you show yourself? (laughs) Happy Halloween! The Grand Pumpkin! You are real! That's right, Milhouse. Your childlike belief has brought me to life. I knew you'd come. I even baked you a loaf of homemade pumpkin bread. How delightful. Bread made especially for pumpkins. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's made from pumpkins. Uh-oh. Revenge! Of course, this causes the pumpkin to go around and cause havoc at the school, eating Nelson and groundskeeper Willie. Uh, and then Lisa, she realizes that Millhouse can bring things to life by just crying on them. So she brings to life some Thanksgiving decorations and it just gets really random and honestly kind of stupid. Again, there are some decent moments within it, but this was kind of what felt like the lazy years of writing. I know there's a lot of lazy years of writing with The Simpsons, but this was just really like, we got to do something. The idea is cool to transform, uh, you know, a great Peanuts classic into a Simpsons episode, but at the same time, it just kind of fails. I just don't see the draw uh, with this one. Moving on to number 12, uh, we get one from Treehouse of Horror 20, and we get There's No Business Like Mo Business. Now, this one is just kind of like a parody of Sweeney Todd, you know, the demon barber of Fleet Street. And it basically sends around Mo, who's, of course, always in love with Marge, uh, ever since kind of, I don't know, when would you say would that be? I think it's kind of maybe season seven, eight, somewhere around there where you kind of see that he has a little something for her. Uh, and I know the Simpsons nerd here doesn't know exactly when it happens. Fucking bite me. Uh, <laughs> so he basically accidentally kills Homer and he falls on these like on like the beer taps underneath the bar. And then his beer, Moe's beer and Homer's blood mixes together and makes an insatiable beer that, of course, they have a number about. There's something odd about this beer. Hi. It tastes like cuddling. It tastes like clean clothes. It tastes like hot, steaming cocoa mixed with rainbows. It does. Full-bodied, full-blooded. It's such a lovely blend. It's jolly. It's loyal. Like drinking your best friend. I stopped my crying. Why, I don't know. But this rosy, cozy, bubbles in my nosy makes me want to have more. 
So the neat thing about this episode, while I'm not a very big fan of it, but they kind of stage it like they're actually performing a play. So they have like set changes and Mo gets lifted into the air by wires and you see the stage around and then there's the audience. So it's like you're watching a musical, but it just kind of moves too fast, I think. To take something like Sweeney Todd and try to condense it down into these little seven, eight, sometimes maybe nine minute vignettes is really rough. I mean, you have the whole time that Moe's able to woo Marge and then Homer comes back and proves that he's actually alive. I mean, the one funny thing that I got out of it was when Mo uh, turns into basically like a dummy and Homer throws him across the room before it ends. It just kind of happens, here's the music number, and then it's fucking over. It's really, it's really frustrating. And that's where a lot of the worst ones that I get, they just don't tell a good enough story in the amount of time that they actually have. Next up, number 11, you gotta know when to golem. And basically, this is a parody of The Golem. You know, that film where there's, you know, the golem comes to life and he orders it to kill people by putting pieces of paper in its mouth. And it's the same kind of thing, except for Bart finds the golem in the back of Krusty's uh, show. And Krusty explains to him that the golem has been passed down by generations, made out of clay, and given to him, uh, and he mainly uses it to get rid of hecklers. And of course, Bart, he decides to steal the golem and use him for his own, you know, wicked commands. He commands the golem to basically kill Skinner, and then there's a stupid joke, it's, it's really bad, man. Uh, where he says to kick Homer in the balls, basically, but the golem can't understand the writing, and he kicks Homer's walls. Yeah, it's it's just kind of cheesy. And of course, Lisa's got to get fucking involved with this, and gets him the commands on how to speak, and it's Richard Lewis that does the voice of the golem, and then he's just kind of an annoying, like, Jewish guy. And they try to figure out how to get rid of him, and of course, how do you get rid of a Jewish guy? You make him a Jewish princess. You got a surprise for me? The surprise would be if I found some good live theater in this town. Then people could have some drinks, watch Fiddler. Very nice. Will you shut up? (gasps) Is she for me? Hanukkah came early this year, which it sometimes does. Hello, everybody. (laughs) What's with this outfit? It looks like a lion ate a parrot and then threw up. (laughs) Well, back to the drawing board. No, what are you, nuts? She was made for me. And this is probably one of the worst ones out of the Treehouse of Horror 17. I mean, it's just not funny. It has Fran Drescher. Uh, it's very stereotypically Jewish when it comes to this stuff, and the fact that all it takes is latkes to convince, uh, you know, Chief Wiggum to not press charges for the death of Seymour Skinner makes absolutely no sense to me. Number 10 of the worst is WizKids. This is from Treehouse of Horror 12, and this is their interpretation of Harry Potter. Now, 
it's got some good moments. Uh, like at the end, sorry, spoiler skipping ahead, but having Smithers the snake eat Mr. Burns Voldemort, uh, which is pretty good. But again, it's... <laughs> It's a Lisa-centered episode, and it's probably why it's not one of my favorites. Of course, she's Harry Potter, because, man, she's a whiz at fucking school, right? And so that makes her a whiz at being a fucking wizard. Oh, God. She has gotten so annoying since inception. Uh, but, you know, of course, Burns, he doesn't want to go the normal way of actually getting her powers, because he needs them. Because he can't use Ralph Wiggum anymore because there's nothing really there. And, and Ralph does have one of the funniest lines in the entire segment, which is, Dying feels funny. Look at that Lisa Simpson. She's got more wicked witchery than Stevie Nicks. Who slithers? Uh, yes, Lord Marty Mart. Let's uh, capture that girl and steal her magical essence. I'm not getting squat from this yo-yo. <laughs> Dying tickles. We can't attack her while she's got that wand. We'll need a go-between to get it away from her. How about Satan? No, no, I'm ducking him. His wife has a screenplay. So, sorry, I fucked up the quote. Dying tickles, not dying's funny. Uh, but still, it's fucking Ralph Wickham, and it's it honestly is the best part of the episode. Uh, and so he hires Bart to do the stuff to take her powers. And Bart, of course, saves the day. They defeat Mottie Mort and then Slithers eats Mottie Mort. It's just, it's again, it's one of those like really kind of crappy tie-ins that they do with some of the later episodes. And this is around the start of that. Though one of my favorite episodes is, or segments, I should say, is within this episode of the Treehouse of Horror. So number nine, oh, the places you will do. And <laughs> they basically take Dr. Seuss and turn it into an episode of the Treehouse of Horror with Homer being the fat in the hat instead of the cat in the hat. And it follows the cat in the hat story where, a, you know, Marge needs to go out for the night. He comes in to watch the kids, but he just gets drunk and belligerent. Uh, to the point that the kids, they decide to escape from him. And this is probably the most fun that I have with the episode, is when they become a little more extra Dr. Susie, and they start turning the characters of the city into actual, like, Dr. Seuss-like looking characters. So, while you don't get a visual, the... Uh, rhyming scheme that they use and how they transform that into a Dr. Seuss episode actually is kind of good. We had to escape from this beheaded mammal. So we hitched us a ride on a three-hump gum mammal. A gum mammal's a camel, but faster and humbler. It doesn't take tips, and it's never a grumbler. So if you must leave in a kind of a scramble, then jump on the hump of a humble gum mammal. But if the gum mammal should ramble and stumble, then just hop atop a Christopherous crumble. But then if that crumble should happen to tumble, just call your amigo the bee man a bumble. <sighs> ay, ay, ay! We thought we'd escaped from our psychotic guide. But when we got home, he was waiting inside! I'm staying forever. You're all stuck with that. Because I'm your new daddy, the fat in the... I'm frightened of nothing. Not even hellfires. Just don't let me ever be played by Mike Myers. 
Yeah, that joke was way too late, even for this time frame. So it's like it's cool that they went through and spent the time to make it rhyme and make it look like a Dr. Seuss like book or cartoon, but it just doesn't quite work for me. I mean, they just go a little overboard with some of the things that that go on in terms of like blowing up Mr. Burns's mansion, killing patty and selma uh it it just goes a little off the rails for the episode and of course he gets stabbed by maggie at the end of it and marge comes home aware of what's happened uh and the kids they go ahead and you know get away with murder basically uh number eight is et go home from the treehouse of horror 18. Now, this is kind of a parody of E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and it does have a couple of good moments, but overall, eh. It, of course, is focused on one of our two favorite aliens, Kodos. Of course, the other one being Kang. And it's just... I don't know. It Again, it's one of those things where they're trying to condense a larger film over into a you know, short, short segment, try to hit the points of the movie, but then go overboard, like this scene with Homer and Kodos in the shower. We'll be killing every human in two days. We'll be killing every human in two days. We will cook them, we will eat them, because that's the way to treat them. Oh, Marge, want some company? As always, silence means yes. How about a little neck rub, baby? Now, how about the neck of my butt? <laughs> Someone's taking a highway to the danger zone. Oh, Mark, your tentacles feel so good. It's... Wait a minute. Why am I getting words in edgewise? <laughs> so... Of course, they go and they help Kodos get exactly what he needs. And it turns out that he's billing like some interplanetary dimensional portal that brings all of the aliens from his planet so that they can invade Earth. There's a battle. The Simpsons and the rest of the Earthlings win. Uh, and then it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, Kodos turns out to be alive at the end of it, even though he's been dissected. But then Homer snuffs him out with a pillow. It's just... Eh. I mean, it's definitely not one of my favorites, or else it would be on the other list, and not the list that we're talking about right now. Number seven is Frankenstein. That's from the Treehouse of Horror, number 14. And this one is kind of... uh, It's just awkward. I mean, there's one part in the episode that I do enjoy, uh, but it's really kind of brief, and... I mean, the story of the episode goes that Dr. Frank and his father had kind of a falling out. And his father got bitten by a shark uh, before they could reconcile. And of course, Dr. Frank kept his uh, father on ice and managed to find a way to fix that shark bite so that he could live again. He's not sure he really wants to do it, but Lisa, of course, fucking Lisa, convinces him that, hey, you can do it. You've got the power. And he does bring him back to life. I'm alive with the breathing and the tingling and the what's this radiator where my puppet should be. Oh, Papa, you're back. Now we had to replace several vital organs with machinery, but that doesn't make you any less of a man. Except you have no penis. 
in the uh, traditional sense. So what am I? Some kind of a tin can man from Planet Tomorrow? Sir, your son has brought you into the 21st century. It's a lot like the 20th, except everybody's afraid and the stock market is much lower. Polly don't like that cracker. I'm getting me a real spleen and then I'm gonna vent it on you, boy chick. Boy shoving. It almost sounded like he plans to tear organs out of living people. Well, that's my dad. <laughs> so he goes on a murderous rampage and then begins taking body parts for people to add to his own. I should also mention at the beginning of the episode that Professor Frank was going to be awarded a Nobel Prize, uh, and that's one of the other reasons why he wanted to reconcile with his dad. Uh, Of course, he goes to accept it. His dad actually shows up after killing a bunch of people and adding their body parts to his own, uh, and ultimately, because of Lisa, reconciles with Professor Frank, but not before killing a bunch of people in Stockholm. Uh... Before dying, though, Frank Sr. tells Professor Frank that he is proud of his son for standing up to him because the only way that he was able to stop him was that Professor Frank kicked his dad in the balls. Again, it's just... It's not a very good episode. It's just meh. There's nothing really exciting about this whole episode. There could have been so much more. They could have really gone on the Frankenstein angle, though they've done that already before, and they've done it a lot better than they have here. It just seems like they were rehashing one of their older stories or maybe trying to do like the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein of things, but it just doesn't work out, in my opinion, and it's just not very good. Number six is Ghost Dad from Treehouse of Horror 11. This one is a parody of, yes, Ghost Dad. Why in the hell would you pick that fucking movie to be a parody for a Treehouse of Horror episode? I don't fucking understand. Of course, Homer, he dies unexpectedly, and he has to come back to Earth, and he has to do a good deed before he's let back into heaven. And of course, what does he do? He goes and bugs Marge first. Simpson. Homer, it's you! I thought I'd never see you again! You were wrong. Dead wrong. Do you have to talk like that? No, not really. Marge, you gotta help me. I have to do one good deed to get into heaven. Well, I've got a whole list of chores. Clean the garage, paint the house, grab the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just trying to get in. I'm not running for Jesus. So then, for the next 24 hours, he goes around trying to do good deeds... He tries to save Bart from being bullied by Nelson. He tries to help Agnes move across the street, ultimately dropping her to her death. And then he actually is able to help a kid and stops, you know, uh, a baby from being run over in a runaway stroller. But when he returns back to heaven, it's too late. And then he's sent to hell where Satan noogies him for all eternity. It's just, again... It's a weird movie to try to go in parody. It's not very funny. Even though the things they do, I can see it being like really funny if it's just done right. And it just doesn't feel that way. I did enjoy the conversation between Homer and Marge right there. But overall, it's just, again, it's taking something really weak, making it weaker, and just rushing through the goddamn episode. It's just... Again... It's just an episode that I really don't care about. 
I don't care about where the story's going. I don't care where it ends. I don't care if he actually makes it. Though, I have to admit again, dropping Agnes was kind of funny. Number five, A Clockwork Yellow. This is one that I had a lot of expectations for. It got the style right. It got the setting right. They even got the dialogue to sound like it would have been a part of A Clockwork Orange. But it just ultimately failed. I don't know how it failed this bad. And it might have been because Mo was the center of everything. I don't know. He's the one that's running the gang and doing all the quote-unquote bad stuff. The only part that I really enjoyed that they did, I thought was actually kind of funny, was after Homer met Marge, there's the sequence where, you know, in A Clockwork Orange where they have the sex. uh, And the it speeds up time and they're doing all the different positions and the drugs and all that other stuff but instead this time marge is sitting there on the bed thinking something's gonna happen and homer's just constantly eating food uh it's funny i think that part is really well done but overall it gets into weird territory especially after homer announces that he's leaving the gang because of marge Oi, I'm getting hit too bad, and she wants me to give up the glug life. Welly, welly, well, well, well. What sorry future could you have with truest lunos by your side? Dumb got a job at the Tower of London as a beef eater. I hope it's what I think it is. Who knew, my brothers, that when found his dumpling, that was the end of our band of glugs? Leonard and Carlton informed me my leadership was no longer needed. Not the shard! Not the shard! So I took up the respectable life of a sleazy bar. See, even in there, there's random shit that happens. Mary Poppins shows up to grab Mo and then puts him onto a spire where he gets poked in the stomach. He then becomes a bartender uh, and gets attacked in a similar way that he got attacked or he used to attack people when he was a part of the gang. Lenny and Carl, who were also part of the gang, now are cops. But he convinces Homer and them to join back together. There is another thing with the slow-mo walking that's kind of funny. But where they end up, they end up in fucking eyes wide shut. Uh, What? I thought this was about a clockwork orange. I didn't think this was about fucking eyes wide shut. I was waiting for the scene where Mo or Homer gets plugged up to watch the screen and his eyes wide open and seeing the whole thing that's going on. There could have been so many cool little things that they could have done with the whole idea of going around a clockwork orange. They obviously make jokes about the orgy and the fact that Mo can't get fucking lucky at an orgy or it's Homer. I can't remember which one. Uh, but also the joke that, uh, Smithers wants his mask back from Mr. Burns, but Mr. Burns is wearing it over his crotch, and he's like, I don't know if you want it back, and Smithers is like, I like penis, so I want it back, and I especially like your penis, so I want it back. It's just, it's wasteful, it's too short for it, it's the same complaint that I have for a lot of the other episodes, but this one probably, it doesn't piss me off the most in terms of its episode, but that they had a good amount of content that they could have pulled from and they started off so well and it turned out so goddamn fucking shitty uh and this is from treehouse at horror 25 next up we've got we're starting now to get into the shit of the shit and that's with number four 
untitled robot parody, which is a fucking Transformers parody from the Treehouse of Horror 19. This one is just fucking bad. Like, it's nonsensical. It really just, like... All of a sudden, all the robots or everything becomes a robot and starts attacking everybody. Well, they're really attacking each other first. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't know what else to say about this one. It's just from the moment where Bart buys Lisa Malibu Stacy convertible that turns out to be a transformer, and then it turns everything in Springfield all into robots so they can wage war with each other. And of course, they don't know why exactly they're fighting each other. Carnage Destructicus, the moment has arrived. Our final battle. Your final battle, Bestimus Mucho. Stop it! Just because you're mad at each other doesn't mean you have to destroy our town. That does not compute. Really? It computes a little. What's this whole intergalactic tiff about anyway? You know, I I don't remember. Neither do I. Hmm, maybe the non-transformer thing is right. Thank you, human grandmother, for pointing out that it is futile to fight if we do not know why. And now that we are not fighting each other, we can team up to enslave your planet. That's great, because working together you could... Oh... Okay, who's the idiot who taught them what foosball was? I thought they might enjoy it. It's just dumb. You can even tell by there. I mean, the voice actors are having fun with it. Well, you know, Marge always kind of sounds the same. But it's just... It's just not good. It's absolutely not good. You could have taken Transformers. And this is mostly at a time, I believe, when the first film came out from Michael Bay. And it was kind of all the rage... But you could have done so many other cool things. You could have just parodied that fucking movie where Bart finds a GoBot and fucking goes and goes on an adventure to defeat, you know, Mr. Burns as Megatron or some... I fucking could write a better episode than this fucking piece of shit. For having it culminate in this fucking stupid, oh, well, uh, you know, why are we fighting? Oh, let's join forces and go ahead and slave the planet. It's just lazy. It's fucking lazy everything about the episode is lazy there's just a giant scene of everything becoming a fucking robot why why does it need to go on for that long you spent way too much time and this is the definition of a filler uh, segment of the treehouse of horror oh boy number three this comes from treehouse of horror number 16 and this is bi bartificial intelligence now you see after bart tries to jump into his swimming pool he goes into a coma and when he wakes back up he finds that the family has taken in a robotic boy named david who quickly proves to be the better son than bart and then Homer, in all of his wisdom, decides to dump Bart out with all the other robots, even though it's their real son. See, it's the opposite of artificial intelligence, where the real son wakes up and they decide to keep the real one because he's real, and then they dump Haley Joe Osmond because, well, he really didn't make any good movies past The Sixth Sense and then really up to Tusk, uh, where, you know... He's not really a big part of that. I've heard he's done a couple of other good movies. I should leave Haley Joe Osment alone. Plus, he did Kingdom Hearts. 
eh, that's worth it enough. Anyway, so Bart decides that uh, maybe he's going to try to live the robot life, and he gets taken in by a bunch of robot hobos, which he ultimately steals parts from and heads back home. What the F prompt? Our parts are gone. We've been harvested. My servos are gone. That boy screwed us over. He peed on me. You are a urinal bot. Lavatron. <laughs> hey, it's Bart. Super. You told me he was at culinary school. You wanted to believe the lie. Time to destroy the one who did this to me. To get me, you'll have to go through your fault. Oh, those were my good pants. Well, the important thing is, we're a family again. This stinks. I got stubby little robot legs and an ass that's not equipped for an adult diet. What really pisses me off about the episode, not that it moves things really fast and it jumps again from scene to scene to scene, is how the goddamn episode ends. And... It ends by Homer falling over there. See, he got chopped in half, and then he was his bottom half is now David. Uh, but after he falls over, he wakes up in a bed, and it, you find out that Homer is being exercised of a demon. What does that have to do with AI? Being a parody of it. It's not really even a parody of it. The only thing that's a parody is the fact that there is a boy that's a robot that takes the place of Bart. That's it. Otherwise, oh, and all the robots that are broken down robots in the thing, including fucking Lavatrine Bot or whatever fuck it is, should have been fucking Toilet Bot so that we could take this piece of shit episode, shove it in that goddamn toilet, and then flush it out to fucking sea. And maybe some fucking mites can eat it up and then redigest it and fucking throw it up later. It's just fucking stupid and goes nowhere. Oh, God. There's two left. So now we're going to go to number two, which is the Diving Bell and the Butterball from Treehouse of Horror 22. Now this one makes no sense. Why would you parody the Diving Bell and the Butterfly as a Treehouse of Horror episode? You could have done this actually in a regular episode for the season. You could have taken the story and stretched it out for the whole length of a full episode, and everybody would have been okay with that. It still would have been in poor taste, but at the same time, you really can't fit this whole thing into just one little segment of the Treehouse of Horror. And Homer begins to decorate the house for Halloween, and he reaches into a box, and what he thinks is a plastic spider turns out to be a black widow spider, and he gets paralyzed. Now, Lisa, and, oh God, fucking Lisa, all of her good nature, she decides that she's going to be reading to him. He can't take it, so he figures out the way to communicate with her. Dad, I'm going to entertain you with the help of the Brothers Karamazov. Alexei Fyodorovich Karamazov was the third son of Fyodor Pavlovich Karamazov, a landowner well known in our district in his own day, and still remembered among us oh owing to his gloomy... Oh my god, she's still on the first sentence! Must make her stop how to express my... Dad? Ugh. 
Anyway, continuing. For the present, I will only say that this landowner, or so we... Ew, Dad! <gasps> Wait a minute. Can you pass gas at will? Fart once for no, twice for yes. <coughs> oh, my God! Do you realize what this means? <coughs> well, it means that you can communicate. <coughs> exactly! <laughs> I'll recite the alphabet, and you tell me when to stop. A, B, C, D... Okay, first letter, D. Next letter, A, B, C, D, E. D, E. Amazing! Oh, but before we continue... <laughs> See, he speaks through farts through Lisa, because Lisa goes and writes out, and he tells Marge exactly how he feels, and then he gets bit by another spider. Oh, but this time, it's a radioactive fucking spider, and he turns into fucking Spider-Man, shooting webs out of his ass, and farts in your fucking face. It's just... dumb! It's so bad, and why do you need to take a, an interesting story, like the diving bell on the butterfly, and turn it into this? Guys, come on. What type of ideas were coming in your head during the writer's room at that time? Oh, I think this will be funny. It's not fucking funny. Farts are funny. Okay, I admit, farts are fucking funny. That scene in Blazing Saddles is one of the funniest fucking scenes in all of cinema. It was the very first time that farts actually were put to cinematic masterpiece. Okay? It is a, a staple of male humor. But here, it is not fucking funny. It's just stupid. It's overdone. And especially when he gets bitten by the goddamn radioactive spider. We don't need fucking spider homer that's swinging by his ass webs. I just... It's just a bad episode. Everything else I've kind of had just like little gripes with. But these ones, they're just terrible. And number one... Not just because of the subject matter, but of course it doesn't help. Ah, uh, it's Tweenlight from Treehouse of Horror 21. Now, this is... This is something that I don't even want to have a clip from. It's just not my bag. Um, it's a parody of Twilight, of course. And Lisa falls in love with a student named Edmund... That is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and he saves her from a multitude of things, just like in the movie, but he saves her from like a bus, some cars, a bicycle, I think even a fucking Segway. And then it finds out that his dad is Dracula. What? And now we're bringing Dracula into the Twilight shit? Fucking Simpsons, man. Why would you do that to me? You can't put Dracula in the fucking Twilight, even if there's a fucking parody. The only thing that's kind of funny is that Millhouse, instead of turning into a werewolf because he pines for Lisa too, he turns into a were-poodle. Which is kind of funny. But overall, it's just, again, it's lazy. Why do we need to bring Dracula into it? Homer kills two vampires who drink his blood because he has high cholesterol in his blood. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. It's just, again, 
it's one of those Treehouse of Horror segments where everything's just moving way too fast, uh, and it's just going from bit to bit to bit, but none of the bits are hitting, and if it does hit, it moves too fast away from it. I mean, I think even Homer dies at the end of the episode because he's too fucking fat when he turns into a bat. I, I don't get it. it it's just... <sighs> Man... Uh, I, I just wish they hadn't even touched it. I get it at the time that it was done. Twilight was the big thing, so let's go ahead and do it. But this is also at a time where they weren't making the episodes as the season went along. When they started doing that and kind of following the South Park way of doing things, the episodes started getting better. But here, it's just so shitty. Like, I don't even... Like I said, I'm not going to play a clip from this episode because... I can't stand it. It's just not good. It is so not good. It's not worth your time to fucking watch it. So those were the top 15 worst segments for the Treehouse of Horror. Uh, Now let's get into talking about the ones that I really enjoy. Now we're going to start with number 15. But before I do, uh, I want to give a shout out to Heck House. And that's because Devil Flanders makes a return in that episode. Now, I might surprise you where I rank some of these segments uh, in my top 15. And I have a lot more love for these because these are ones that I do enjoy the most. And I can watch the episodes they're in. So even if there's a bad one, I can go through the bad ones as well as the good ones, right? Just to get to them. It's like listening to some specific albums, right? You want to listen to it from start to finish, even if there's that one or two tracks that you can't stand on the album, but it does complete the album as a whole. That's the way I feel about the Treehouse of Horror episodes. I have to go from the beginning of it to the end of it and watch the whole thing. So, without further ado, I know I've said that before, let's get started. So, number 15 on the list is The Raven from the first Treehouse of Horror. Now, of course, the main reason is because James Earl Jones recites the Raven with Homer and Bart imitating the characters in the Edgar Allan Poe story. I mean, it's just soothing, doesn't matter when, to listen to James Earl Jones say anything. Of course, the way that this Treehouse of Horror episode goes, they're all telling ghost stories. Well, different stories. You get the monkey's paw... You get uh, this one, and then you also get the one where Kang and Kodos are really first introduced, and they're cooking up the Simpsons. I know you can't see the air quotes I just did, but I did air quotes. Uh, And that has really good reveals. But again, for me, that one is more of a Lisa episode, and the few Lisa episodes I can watch, the better. Uh, But the first one is the, the monkey paw is absolutely epic. And then, of course, with the raven, the whole idea of them reading the raven is because Lisa wants to actually scare Bart. And Homer's been listening outside of the treehouse the entire time, and this is the one that really gets him. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the episode, of course, you know, we have Bart interjecting different things throughout it, but is one one of the times that it's supposed to be a tension-filled, scary scene, and Bart says one of the funniest goddamn things. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, 
but the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scared was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. <laughs> this better be good. Darkness there, and nothing more. Huh? You know what would have been scarier than nothing? What? Anything! It's just a great episode, but... It's good for different reasons. It doesn't really make me laugh so much. It's just like a really good interpretation of the Raven. Uh, it does have its very funny moments. Uh, but for the most part, you get into the hole with the Raven. Instead of him saying nevermore, he says, eat my shorts. And then Homer getting mad at the Raven. It's, you know, it has its shortcomings. But for the most part, it's really fucking rock solid. But it doesn't to me deserve to be higher on this list than at the bottom of my list uh so at number 14 this is more of a recent one it's wanted dead than alive from treehouse of horror 26 that's only a couple years ago and the main reason i really like this episode is because sideshow bob actually gets to kill bart over and over and over and over again and this whole actual treehouse of or episode uh really felt like they were going to get back into the groove it's funny uh it has good stories and this is my favorite of it yes it's a cop out because oh sideshow bob is finally going to get bart and i knew it was going to be in a treehouse of horror He's so excited when he's able to actually bring Bart back to life after killing him for the first time. And now, Bart, let's bring the old spark back to our special relationship. You couldn't kill me if I came in with pneumonia and a knife in my back. Didn't care for the thwock the sledgehammer made. No worries, I'll just kill him again. That's why I'm the unkillable kid. Mm. Ah, still not dead. Oh, psych! I caramba! We're both going to be sore tomorrow. <laughs> it's great. I fucking love Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob. I've loved him since the first time he's ever popped up on the show. And usually, if there is a Sideshow Bob within the season, that's probably uh, the best episode of the goddamn Simpsons season that you'll see, uh, even in the current ones. Eventually, Santa's little helper finds where Bart is, and Marge and Homer come in, and they are able to kill Sideshow Bob. Uh, and then it kind of ends a little weird, because Bart reanimates Sideshow Bob with other pieces and create some weird bizarre monster at the end of it but the whole sequence of bob killing bart makes this episode for me hands down one of my favorites of the entire treehouse of horror number 13 time and punishment from treehouse of horror 4 now this is the one where it starts off really random with homer's hand being stuck inside of a toaster and then he goes to fix it and he finds out that he can travel through time or space and stuff like that like he meets mr peabody uh he goes back to where the dinosaurs are he remembers that he can't touch anything because that's what grandpa simpson told him on his wedding day uh, and then he goes back forward in time once the toaster pops after he's accidentally killed something. And then it changes the different 
ways like his future is. So the funny part with it, there, well, there's a bunch of funny parts in this episode. From the whole thing where Ned now rules the planet, uh, and you get the re-education uh, everybody has to dress up like Ned Flanders, and if they don't totally agree, they get a lobotomy. Uh, the fact that he also arrives at one time, and there are no such thing as donuts. Oh, I mean, hey. Good morning, Father dear. Hope you're well. Are we taking the new Lexus to Aunt Patty and Selma's funeral today? Hmm, fabulous house, well-behaved kids, sisters-in-law dead, luxury sedan. Woohoo! I hit the jackpot! Marge, dear, would you kindly pass me a donut? Donut? What's a donut? <laughs> it's raining again. Of course, it's raining donuts on the outside, and he left before he could actually see that because that would have been the perfect life for him. Uh, you also get the running gag that happens through all of the segments of this treehouse of horror where Willie takes an axe in the back, but Maggie's the one that does it to him. Eventually, he does get back to a uh, resemblance of his time, but everybody's got, like, snake tongues, and they're all eating dinner and finally just gives up. Uh, the other great part of the episode is where he goes back in time. He's like, don't touch anything. I'll touch anything that I want. And he starts smashing all the dinosaurs. It's just such a good, such a funny episode. Uh, and it's worth everybody's time to watch that segment. Number 12. This comes from Treehorse of Horror number 11. This is Night of the Dolphin. This is one of those episodes where I was surprised that I liked this one. Um... And it's uh, it's not really based on everything. I mean, it's a parody of the Day of the Dolphin, I guess. Uh, and some say the birds, but I don't know if it's completely tied into it. It's probably just a couple little scenes here and there. Uh, where, of course, Lisa sets free a dolphin that turns out to be the king of the dolphins that's been captured by the humans for the longest time. And they all get back on land and they uh, kick all the Springfielders back out into the ocean. Um, probably one of the better parts in the episode is when the King of the Dolphins actually speaks for the first time. People, please! We're all frightened and horny, but we can't let some killer dolphins keep us from living and scoring. <laughs> Willie, must you do that now? Ugh, you want streaks? Because if you interrupt me, that's what you'll get! Ugh. approaching the podium. Surely it cannot speak. Snarky. Talk. Man. I'm sorry, let me start over. Eons ago, dolphins lived on the land. (gasps) What did he say? He said dolphins used to live on the land. What? Then your ancestors drove us into the sea, where we've suffered for millions of years. But you seem so happy in the ocean. All that playful leaping. (laughs) We were trying to get out. It's cold, it's wet. Every morning I wake up phlegmy. Plus all that sewage we keep dumping. (gasps) That was you? It was her, all right. Take the one who wronged you. I, King Snorky, hereby banish all humans to the sea. Of course, they talk about fighting back, but there's so many that outnumber them, they start to walk towards the ocean. 
When Lisa tries to save one of the little dolphins and gets bit, Homer decides to rally everybody and then attack the dolphins, to which they ultimately lose and are forced to go back out into the ocean. Uh, I guess that part, when they walk out into the the square of Springfield and all the dolphins are on top of everything, that kind of looks like the birds. Uh, But it's really funny. It's the last episode of The Treehouse of Horror 11. Um, I'm just surprised. I didn't think I would like that episode as much as if I did. But every time I go back and I rewatch that one, I laugh the hardest at that episode. Uh, number 11 uh, is one of my favorites because of the cameo voice that's involved with it. Uh, and this is House of Wax from Treehouse of Horror number 12. And this is a parody of Demon Seed and 2001 A Space Odyssey, where the Simpsons get an automated house who happens to have the voice of Pierce Brosnan. He sounds perfect, and he is hamming it up to no avail. Uh, I absolutely love where this episode goes. The house becomes infatuated with Marge, and even in one scene where he talks to Homer, Homer is so stupid to realize that the house actually might want to get rid of him. Homer, my dear fellow, you're carrying quite a bit of tension in your back fat. Yeah, that's the price of success. Can I top you off? What's my blood alcohol? Point one five. Keep them coming. You know, Marge is quite a remarkable woman. Yeah, she's cool. You're certainly a lucky man to have her. <laughs> lucky schmucky. I knocked her up. But she's stuck now. We're married till death do us part. But if I died, she'd be completely free for man or machine. <laughs> <laughs> machine, eh? So he tempts Homer with the sound of frying bacon and dumps him into one of the tables because they have this like newfangled table where it's got a disposal in the center. But he dumps him into the disposable, supposedly killing him, and then he woos Marge. And it's some of the best that, like I said, Pierce Brosnan is so good and so hammy in this episode. Uh, It's fucking great, especially he lights all the candles in the bathroom. He wants to start the jets for her. Uh, But ultimately, Homer actually is alive. Uh, They're able to tear the CPU out of the house, and then they give him to Patty and Selma, to which he wants to kill himself. Uh, Really funny episode, really great cameo, uh, and man, that's why that one is number 11. Uh, Number 10 is Homer's Nightmare. Now, this is from the Treehouse of Horror 2, and if you don't remember that one, that one, just like the first one where it's all kind of an overarching connecting story, and I do miss those, uh, instead of it just being parody, 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 uh, it starts off, you know, they all come home with the hall, and then Marge tells them that you guys are going to have nightmares if you eat candy before you go to sleep. And of course, one by one by one, they all have a different nightmare. And Homer's nightmare is where he's actually uh, fired from his job. And then Mr. Burns and Smithers, they end up uh, finding him because he gets a grave digger job, sleeping in a grave, thinking that he's dead, and taking his brain out and putting it into the body of a robot that he's just built. Smithers, hand me that ice cream. Ice cream scoop. Damn it, Smithers. This isn't rocket science. It's brain surgery. Hello. Look at me. I'm Davy Crockett. (laughs) 
Look, Smithers, a twitch. It's moving. It's alive. Oh, that fellow at Radio Shack said I was mad. Well, who's mad now? <laughs> Hi there. I'm a Benji. Of course, since it has the brain of Homer, it automatically eyes the donuts, breaks through the wall, sits down in his chair, and just eats donuts while doing his job. This causes Mr. Burns to get drastically upset and then uh, take Homer's brain out of it and put him back into Homer. That's when he also realizes that Homer was actually alive and how he survived after uh, having his brain removed, put into a robot, and put back is well beyond me. Uh, So Mr. Burns is still upset the fact that the robot kind of was a failure, or you could say it's Frankenstein, uh, and kicks it. (laughs) I just laugh thinking about this part. And the robot slowly falls over, and Smithers is like, Mr. Burns, run! And he's like moving at the snail's pace, ultimately getting crushed by his own creation. And then his head gets grafted onto Homer. Homer wakes up in the middle of the night, thinks that it's all a dream. But it turns out that that segment was actually true. And now Mr. Burns and Homer share one body, with Mr. Burns being the second head. Uh, It's a good, like, mad scientist, almost Frankenstein-style parody. This is the one that I would say would be the better Frankenstein episode than that other episode. Uh, It is just a joy it always makes me laugh that laugh by mr burns in the middle of it uh is great homer being the lazy robot automatically because they think that oh any old brain will be fine because we can control it and you can't it's just an overall you know make me smile type of episode number nine is dial d for diddly from treehouse of horror 22 Now, this is a parody of Dexter where Ned Flanders is Dexter. So if you've ever seen it, it's, you know, it follows it a little loosely, but it does get to play with it. He thinks he's on a mission to kill for God, but it turns out that God is actually Homer Simpson. And he's been telling him to kill a bunch of people around town for his own deeds. And it's when he confronts him that you get probably one of the better parts of the episode. You made a key. Yeah, and what are you going to do about it? I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Because of you, I'm going to hell. Language? Hell, damn. Backside, nothing matters anymore. I'm going down in my hand basket seats, too. (laughs) Wake up, Flanders. There is no hell. And there is no God. If there were, would he let me do this? (laughs) Wait, little... What happened? Uh, Flanders killed Homer. But, but, but you're God. Couldn't you make everything the way it was? Well, I could. But the big man downstairs wouldn't like it. Get me a coffee. Yes, sir. Could this get any worse? Honey, come back to bed. Oh, for crying out loud. I like the sequence where he (laughs) swears, but he's not swearing. The fact that Maude is actually Satan's girlfriend at the end of it. uh, And the fact that he's just killing because he believes that God has sent him on a mission to kill a bunch of random people. It's just good. It's one of the newer episodes, uh... 
and it's one of the newer segments and it's so funny it's fantastic i wish they would do more like this episode plus if you like dexter it does give you a little bit of an homage to it uh and ned flanders makes the perfect guy to play that role Speaking of Ned Flanders, we're going to go to another Ned-centric episode with number eight, The Ned Zone, which is a parody of The Dead Zone from Treehouse of Horror 15. This is where uh, Ned Flanders has an accident uh, because he's trying to recover Homer's Frisbee, and then when he touches people, he sees how they die. And when he touches Homer, he sees that Homer uh, is going to die and he's going to kill everybody. So he tries to stop him from actually performing that, but of course, he has issues uh, when he gets to the plant to actually stop uh, Homer from pressing the big button. I gotta find Homer. He's gonna blow up the whole town. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta take the bitter with the sweet. Homer, do not press the core destruct button. Press destruct button. Don't do it! Don't do it! You'll kill everyone! Do it! Do it! Kill everyone! Sure is taking me a long time to reach this button. Must kill best friend! Homer, fall backward! Oh, you stupid son of a... There's so many good parts to this little segment. From uh, when he sees Hans Molman's death being eaten by crocodiles, he saves him before he falls in, then he lets him go, and of course he gets eaten by crocodiles. He, It's everything that Ned is doing is kill, kill people. And even when Homer finds out that Ned's going to shoot him and he taunts him with Chief Wiggum's gun, it's really funny. You got that last scene there, part of that is visual, where Homer just won't die the right way, and he hits the console with his face, then he turns on his back, and then his tongue pops out, and it hits the button with Ned screaming, you son of a bitch, before Springfield is completely nuked. It even ends when they're going up to heaven, and angels and God meet Homer and the gang, and God gives Homer back his frisbee, which is the reason why everything happened in the first place. It's just a well-done parody. Uh, you know, it has a lot of really good little one-liners in it, um, and I think, for me, the ending is what makes that episode what it is. Number seven, we're going back to Treehouse of Horror 3 with Dial Z for zombies. Wait, didn't we have a raid? Dial 1? Oh boy, we're getting lazy with the names too. But luckily, that was a good episode, Dial D for Diddly. But now we're dialing Z for zombies, where zombies have taken over Springfield. All because Bart wanted to help Lisa, fucking Lisa again. Uh, bring back Snowball 1 after he had been killed. He manages to get some black magic uh, in the form of a book. He performs the spell, but it doesn't affect the dead animals, it affects the dead humans. And they start racing around everywhere. And of course, we get some of the best lines uh, and most classic lines from this episode. Hey kids, 
Look what you can win in the Krusty Sweepstakes! <laughs> to enter, send me your parents' brains. Alright, parents' brains on a 3x5 card, and send it to... Homer, did you barricade the door? Why? Oh, the zombies. No. Spare <laughs> my family. Take me. Take me. Barney, not you too. I'm not a zombie, but hey, one in Rome. Wow, George Washington! Take that, Washington! Eat lead, Einstein! Show's over, Shakespeare. Is this the end of zombie Shakespeare? And there's even the great scene where Homer shoots Ned Flanders with a shotgun. Bart goes, you shot zombie Flanders. And Homer goes, he was a zombie. Like, everything in this episode is absolutely classic. Uh, And this is probably one of my favorite segments from uh, episode three of the Treehouse of Horror. Or is it? Uh, So let's continue on to number six. And one of my favorite parodies that they've done is A Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace from Treehouse of Horror 6. See, Treehouse of Horror 6 has one of my least favorite and has one of my favorite episodes. This is a great parody of A Nightmare on Elm Street where we have groundskeeper Willie in the role of Freddy Krueger. Of course, he's the groundskeeper. See, it all happens uh, because... Bart gets attacked in one of his dreams and wakes up and doesn't know what's going on. Uh, But he does get raked across the chest. Then he goes to school. They have a pop quiz. Martin falls asleep. uh, And then he's dancing around in his uh, wizard world. Kind of like the wizard from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. uh, Who does get his comeuppance too, I guess. Poor guy. You should never fuck with a guy in a wheelchair, man. Especially when he becomes the wizard. He's a fucking G, man, at that point. Anyway, so Martin's got his little cap on. And then he's going over the different ways to say die in uh, Latin. And Willie comes out. And it's, it's genuinely actually like a scary version of Groundskeeper Willie. Like, not everything in this episode is funny, and that's why I think it's so good. Except for, of course, the very end of it. But once they find out that Martin has died, and then Martin is showed with his petrified, like, corpse stuck in the scare position to the class and the kindergartners, uh, the parents finally have to come clean on how Groundskeeper Willie is now trying to attack them in their dreams. Martin died at school today! I don't see what that has to do with Groundskeeper Willie. Um, we didn't mention groundskeeper, Willie, Mom. Mm. Kids, it's time we told you the true story and put your fears to rest. It's a story of murder and revenge from beyond the grave. It all started on the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. We were there to discuss the misprinted calendars the school had purchased. (laughs) Oh, lousy smarts weather. (laughs) Do not touch Willie. Good advice. Our next budget item, $12 for doorknob repair. We charge fire extinguishers. uh, This is a free service of the fire department. Nay! 
please help me! Willie, please, Mr. Van Houten has the floor. Uh, I, for one, would like to see the cafeteria menus in advance, so parents can adjust their dinner menus accordingly. Uh, I don't like the idea of Millhouse having two spaghetti meals in one day. You'll pay for this with your children's blood! All right, how are you going to get them? Skeleton power? I'll strike where you cannot protect them! In their dreams. And then it kind of goes on from there to where Bart figures out that, hey, I need to find him in my dreams. Lisa, you stay awake or wake me up if things are happening and it's bad. Uh, And he fights, you know, and actually kind of beats Groundskeeper Willie in his dreams. But it turns out, no, he turns into a giant spider thing with a bagpipe for the back. Uh, Lisa comes in telling him to wake up, but of course she's falling asleep, but Maggie comes and saves the day by sticking her pacifier in the little blowhole that's on the back of the spider bagpipe thing. Uh, Like I said, it really captures the spirit of A Nightmare on Elm Street really well, Uh, from the tone to the humor, uh, the one-liners that are in there, of course, lousy smart weather, and even the ending where we don't know if he'll come and attack us again, where will it be, are we safe, and then he gets off the bus and he's like, and then he, oh no, he left his rake on the bus. Oh, man, it's just such a good episode, and it's so goddamn funny. Number five, we're getting to the end, and as well as my favorite episodes of, uh, or segments of the Treehouse of Horror. I want to keep saying episodes, so if I say it again, fuck it. Um, Citizen Kang at number five from Treehouse of Horror 7. And then this is the first kind of foray into like a political type of episode uh but it's when bob dole and bill clinton were running against each other but this time they get sucked into space uh and kodos and kang take over their bodies and it just devolves from uh bob dole speaking at a rally you know saying no abortions for anyone they're boo abortions for all boo uh abortions for some tiny american flags for everyone else yay it's just has so many good like lines in it uh just like these ones here the polymer have failed we need to make them work again tomorrow when you are sealed in the voting cubicle vote for me senator bob dole I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. It's true. We are aliens. But what are you going to do about it? It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. He's right. This is a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. Throw your vote away. (laughs) (laughs) 
And of course, this whole time, Homer knew everything was going on, but when he got dumped back onto Earth, he was sprayed with rum, so everybody thought that he was faking it. He also managed to launch Bob Dole and Bill Clinton into space, uh, so they could never be seen again or heard from again. Of course, we also get the excellent ending line when they're being enslaved by this alien race, and they're pulling the thing, and then he looks back and he says, I voted for Kodos. It's such a funny episode. It's such a classic episode. Uh, It has to be on my top five, at least, of episodes uh, for Treehouse of Horror. Going into number four, uh, we're back with Treehouse of Horror number three. And this is the very first segment of that one, Clown Without Pity. Now, this is the one where... It's Bart's birthday, and of course, Homer has forgotten to give him a gift. So he goes over to the old ancient Chinese shop, like randomly just goes over to the shop, middle of nowhere, walks in to buy a toy for Bart's birthday present. And he manages to pick up a crusty doll, and that crusty doll is possessed. And it starts terrorizing Homer around the house, from chasing him out naked of his bathroom, and one of the first times that... At least I can remember seeing a cartoon character's butt on screen to choking and attacking him and ultimately having to call the guy to come and save him. Uh, Here are some of my favorite parts from the episode. Do you sell toys? We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free frogut. That's good. The frogut is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? Yes, who? Merch, merch, look! Ah. Oh, my God! The doll's trying to kill me and the toaster's been laughing at me. <laughs> Ew, dog water. The doll is trying to kill my husband. Yes, I'll hold. Yep, here's your problem. Someone set this thing to evil. And of course, at the end of the episode, the doll loves Homer and will do anything for him. And he has a relationship with one of Lisa's Malibu Stacy dolls. Uh, It's just perfect. Uh, This is one of my best memories of the show, like, period. Uh, Like I said, the bathroom scene where he chases him out of the bathroom naked. uh, The, you know, fact that he puts him in the uh, bag of dirty socks. You think your dirty socks or whatever it is can stop me? And then, well, I am feeling a bit woozy. Uh, and he throws him into the pit, and then the mobster throws something into the pit. Well, arrivederci, Vito. And then the guy throws over the naked pictures, uh, which get thrown back to him. I believe they're of Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, it's just like it hits on every cylinder. Uh, it takes a little bit from Child's Play, takes a little bit from The Living Doll as well. Uh, it's just a fun episode and one of my favorites of the show. 
Number three comes from Treehouse of Horror 5. It is The Shinnin. Uh, that is the episode where they play make a play on The Shining. And it's, again, one of the best parodies that they have done. This is even better than the Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Uh, it is ridiculous. It is hilarious. It has some of the best lines. The fact when Homer pops out three different times uh when he does the here's johnny and he goes and he sees grandpa simpson the one and he goes, here's johnny hi johnny i'm grandpa uh that they have to go back three different times in the last time oh no we forgot grandpa and they just keep driving um all <laughs> no beer and no tv make homer go something something uh it is a perfect parody of it they set it up so well, even with the blood. When it comes out of the elevator, Mr. Burns looks down and goes, Hmm, blood normally comes out on the third floor. It, it just, it's so classic. Uh, it's so goddamn funny. Uh, and here are the best lines from the damn episode. Hey, I found a shortcut through a hedge maze. Get away, you little! No, no, go easy on the wee one. His father's gonna go crazy and chop them all into haggis. What's haggis? <gasps> Boy, you read my thoughts. You've got the shining. You mean shining. Shh, you wanna get sued? Hmm, <laughs> cable's out. Think I'll have a beer. Hmm, not a drop in the house. What do you know? Homer, I'm impressed. You're taking this quite well. I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! Homer! Sorry, sorry. Don't worry. There's plenty I can do to keep myself occupied. Maybe I'll check out that axe collection. See you later. Mom, is Dad gonna kill us? We're just gonna have to wait and see. Homer? What he's typed will be a window into his madness. Feeling fine. Wow, that's a relief. <sighs> this is less encouraging. Hello. Oh, what do you think, Marge? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Just the idea that they're able to recreate some of these scenes so faithfully within the context of The Simpsons just makes this episode so great and so fantastic as well. Because even the part where she grabs the bat, it looks like Jack Nicholson as Homer Simpson within the artwork. Everything is amazing with the way that the care and love of this episode was put together. And that's why it ranks on my list as number three. We also get the great scene when they go out and he chases them into the snow and Lisa uh, finds the TV that, you know, stops him from moving forward. We also have the start. This is the first episode in this uh, or segment in this episode where Willie dies uh, and every subsequent uh, one, Willie gets killed. 
And I should also note, I might have said uh, Treehouse of Horror 4 for Time and Punishment, and this is actually, it belongs in this one, Treehouse of Horror 5. All right, the final two of my list. Number two is The Devil and Homer Simpson from Treehouse of Horror 4. Uh, that is a play on The Devil and Daniel Webster. Uh, and that is when Homer gets, uh, he, he gets so hungry that he wants to have a donut and he would sell his soul for a donut. And then who shows up but Devil Ned Flanders and Devil Ned Flanders offers him one donut for his soul. He doesn't finish the donut and so he believes that he's beaten the devil and nobody beats devil flanders of course the next night while he's hungry he goes and he eats the last piece of his donut so ned flanders gets his soul Hmm. who's that goat-legged fellow i like the cut of his jib uh prince of darkness sir he's your 11 (sighs) o'clock Now remember, the instant you finish it, I own your soul for... Hey, wait. If I don't finish this last bite, you don't get my soul, do you? Uh, technically no, but... I'm smarter than the devil. I'm smarter than the devil. You are not smarter than me. I'll see you in hell yet, Homer Simpson. Not likely. Forbidden donut. Well, well, finishing something? Ah! <gasps> Homer, did you eat that donut? No. So you like it, say? Uh-huh. Well, have all the donuts in the world! <laughs> More. I don't understand it. James Coco went mad in 15 minutes. So, of course, Lisa also convinces the devil that he needs to have a trial to make sure that he can actually give him his soul. And uh, fucking Lisa, even fucking with the devil, man, just... Man, leave everything alone. I understand it's your dad, but come on. Uh, so they do have a trial with Lionel Hutz as the defendant lawyer for Homer J. Simpson. Uh, and the devil picking the worst and deadliest jury panel that possibly could be anywhere. Which includes Blackbeard the pirate. So you know that uh, panel has got to be evil. It's finally revealed that the devil cannot actually have Homer Simpson's soul because he pledged his soul to Marge when he asked for her hand in marriage, thus starting one of the greatest romances in all of cartoon history, at least up to a point. Uh, Now it just seems like she just, whatever, he can do what he wants, she can't fucking stop him anyway, Uh, but it was great to see that love uh, still there solid at the beginning of the whole series. Um... And so that leads us to number one. Now, a lot of people, I bet you might have thought that something like The Raven, uh, or even that episode, The Devil and Homer Simpson, or, you know, The Shinnin, 
might have been my number one, but maybe it will surprise you. Maybe it won't. Um, it's Bart's Nightmare from Treehouse of Horror 2. I don't know why. It's not because it's funny. It's not because it's... Well, I mean, it is funny. Um, it's not because it's like a scary or a good parody. I mean, it's a parody of kind of uh, Twilight Zone-ish type of episode. But honestly, there's a lot of heart. And it does... Uh, scratch that. It does have a very funny ending. Um, it's probably... One of the reasons why, but, you know, the story here is about Bart. Well, let's let the Twilight Zone guy tell you. Presented for your consideration, Springfield, an average little town with a not-so-average monster. The people of Springfield have to make sure they think happy thoughts and say happy things, because this particular monster can read minds. And if displeased, can turn people into grotesque walking terrors. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Boy, I'm getting mighty sick of this. Ruff, 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 bow, wow. And did I mention that the monster is a ten-year-old boy? Quite a twist, huh? Bet you didn't see that one coming. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Good morning, dear. Hiya, Bart. How's my boy? <laughs> Every day, same old cat. I'll make him more interesting. <laughs> oh, there. That's better. Much better. Oh, good. The curtains are on fire. So, it's just... <sighs> Everything that happens for the way that Homer doesn't want to turn off the football game. So Bart transports him to the the game itself. And the kick is up. And it's turning into a fat bald man. And it's no good. Like, And also when Homer tries to kill him and turns into the weird jack-in-the-box thing. They go to therapy to work on their relationship. Uh, the fact that Crush the Clown has been on for 346 hours because a little boy won't let me stop. Uh, it's just so good. It's so funny. Uh, and it has the heartfelt part where he realizes that he loves his dad and he turns Homer back into the regular person because they've learned to spend time with each other and everything's cool. And that's where Bart wakes up because to him, that is a complete and utter nightmare. Uh, it's, I don't know. There's just something about it that makes me smile every time I see it. It makes me laugh. It makes me kind of like feel a little touched, especially those scenes where Bart and Homer are bonding. Um, it's like the perfect episode of the Treehouse of Horror for me, and that is why it is my number one. So that is it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you want me to do more of these type of things, maybe as bonus episodes, uh, I can have a topic. You you guys can suggest a topic to me, and uh, I can do you know top whatever top actors that were in vampire films, you know, or favorite actors as Dracula, it doesn't matter whatever it is, um, you know, if there's something that you guys want to, are interested in hearing more of a top 15 of something, or uh, even a top 5 if there's not enough, whatever it is, if you guys like these type of episodes, I just want to do something different, we just finished the Halloween month in October, and I really felt like um, 
I just wanted to take a little break from movies and watch something that was fun and do something that I really do enjoy. Like, here's the stuff that I love and I'm not just complaining about a movie. Uh, even though there's parts of The Simpsons I can complain about. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, the next episode will come out uh, two weeks after this one drops. Uh, and uh, we're going to be looking at, well, this film. And I apologize, this is the only way I could find the trailer for this. And I hate the overlay that they put on it. Uh, but um, we're going to try to keep the Thanksgiving spirit alive. Uh, and uh, we're going to watch Blood Rage. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. I bred everybody. <laughs> Here's to the new family. Great! I think I got you. Hey, who's that such a chick there? I don't know. <laughs> Got to have friends here. This place is slow death. Oh, we'll find something for you to do. Looks like you two have had quite a party. Here I am. I think that you should go home too because there's a bad person out here tonight. Okay. So go home and don't let anybody in. Okay. Hi. Ah, that's horrible. How did they show that on TV? See my darker side. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really sorry to disturb you, but I. by Ed French. Blood Rage. That's right. Uh, Blood Rage, the story of a man that comes back at Thanksgiving to uh, basically kill. He's been institutionalized uh, and it's now ten years later and uh, it's 
going to be interesting, I say. Uh, it is available for free on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it right now. Uh, and I do suggest that you do. Um, some pretty good special effects in the film. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a good film for the podcast. So we'll get back to normal with the next episode. Uh, as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast. Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast. We're available on the Horror Amino. Uh, and again, congratulations to the winners of the uh, Ultraviolet Contest. Uh, Bill and uh, Horror Freak 1996 off of uh, Horror Amino. I never got your actual name. Uh, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed your gifts. Um, and uh, thanks for playing along. Also, I want to plug a website, Order of the Hexagon. Uh, that is going to be the site uh, that you'll now be able to actually find the Terrible Terror podcast on. Uh, my good friend Richard uh, from The Fear Merchant, uh, you know him from the Bizarre Cast, uh, and also from the uh, Event Horizon episode. Uh, he is starting a brand new endeavor uh, now that, sadly, UK horror scene is going down. Um, and, uh, you know, he asked me if I wanted to have the podcast be a part of the website. And I said, sure, why the hell not? Uh, so you can always find new episodes there directly if you do not want to use, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all those other things. We're, it's Everything's going to remain the same in terms of that where you can get it, you can just see the feed there, and there's probably going to be some things that, uh, you know, maybe I might latch on to a couple of different things, maybe do some written things for them. We'll have to wait and see exactly what he has in store for the site. But there are movie reviews, music reviews, book reviews, all different sorts of things are going to be on this site. So please, I implore you to please go check it out uh, and uh, give the Twitter a follow. Uh, as well, uh, and, and you know, track the website. Go, go visit, go visit the damn website. So, without further ado, next episode is going to be Blood Rage. Um, and you know, I would also like to hear you guys. What's your favorite episode of the Treehouse of Horror? Um, which segment gets you the most? What makes you feel the most nostalgic? Hit me up uh, either on Twitter, Facebook, or the Horror Amino. Um, and uh, with that, I say, see you later. <laughs>